Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by The Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer. Before we get into the Word of God, let us have a brief moment of prayer. Father God, your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we study it today, we ask that you provide us with keen insights so that we can understand the wisdom behind your words and have the courage to apply it to our lives. We praise you, Jesus, for being gracious as we learn knowing that each time we open your word, we will see it with new eyes and fresh understanding. Holy Spirit, help our faith to keep maturing so that we can shine brightly for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. It's John 15th chapter, verse to the eighth verses. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the world which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the wine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. As my Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Thank God for God's word. You've heard our scripture today from John chapter 15. If you're just joining us, we are looking at John chapter 15, the first eight verses, all right, on this uh, fifth Sunday of Easter. This is called the I Am uh, Sunday, and so it focuses on the different I am statements of Jesus that he said uh, during his earthly ministry. Amen. And so um, that is to connect him with the I am God, the father that you see in the Old Testament. Amen. And so um, today, as you will recall, over the last few weeks, we've been during this season of Easter, we have been in a sermon series uh, called Compelled. And so we've been looking at all of the different ways that Jesus compelled his disciples, specifically after his resurrection, um, he was compelling them in these different ways so that they could go out and be compelling witnesses to all of the world. They could be these change agents in the world uh, through the gospel message of Jesus Christ, but not until they themselves were truly compelled. How are you gonna preach and teach and share something that you don't truly believe and know for yourself, okay? And so that's what we saw Jesus doing over the past few weeks, specifically focusing on his appearances after the resurrection. Today, we're gonna to go in a different 
direction. And we're going to look at something that Jesus said and instructed to the disciples before he was even crucified. Amen. And so this, this uh, ideal of, of compelling them, it didn't start after the resurrection. And so we're going to uh, look today at today's scripture and see that even before uh, he, he was uh, crucified, uh, dead and buried and raised again on the third day, we see that Jesus was was compelling his disciples. And we're going to talk about uh, exactly what he was compelling them to do and to be uh, in this chapter today. And so let us, as always, provide a little bit uh, more context and background uh, in our gospel reading today. So in John chapter 14, we see Jesus telling his disciples what he would be doing for them. Now that they have entered into this relationship, he's the master, they are the disciples. Um, he tells them what he's going to be doing for them in chapter 14. Now, starting in chapter 15 and going on through chapter 16, verse 4, Jesus tells them what they would be doing for him. Okay, and so he, he lets them know, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a two way street working relationship. And so this is what I'm going to be doing for you guys. But this is what I'm going to be expecting from you. Um, and so he lays that out for them in great detail, starting in uh, chapter 15. Now, based upon the way chapter 14 ends, it is likely <clears throat> that the words of chapters 15 and 16 are spoken by Jesus as uh, he and the disciples are walking from the upper room through the streets of Jerusalem, and they're on their way towards Gethsemane. That's what appears to be the case when you read, you know, these chapters together. Um, they've left the upper room and they're taking this, this walk uh, towards another uh, city. And so this is the conversation that Jesus has, has, is having with them. And so in these nine verses, uh, 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 these short verses that we're looking at today, Jesus explains the divine human relationship by the analogy of a grape vine, okay, a grape vine, all right, and so Jesus says that he is the main vine, he is the true vine, and the disciples are compared with branches, okay, on this vine, uh, this, this grape vine, okay, and the father tends to the branches like a gardener, that's the father's role, everybody has a role, okay, and at this time of the year when Jesus was walking and uh, talking with his disciples, branches of grapevines would have been budding in Jerusalem at this time, okay? So, you know, we know that Jesus was fond of using nature to make his point, right? And so, uh, and, and he truly does make his point here in this text. Um, he stresses the importance of staying connected with him at least eight times in this passage. And so as such, we want to take for our subject today, uh, compelled to uh, uh, compelled to abide, compelled to abide is what he does at least at least eight times that I could see uh, in this passage that he uses some variation of this this term abide. And so that's what what we're talking about today. Hold on one second. All right. And so in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was depicted as a vine planted by Jehovah. But the nation had, had proved time and time again that they were unfaithful and unfruitful. And so the Lord Jesus now presents himself as the true vine, the perfect fulfillment of all of the Father's will, okay? And so the Father, he says, is the vine dresser. 
And so as we go forward today, there are four important uh, considerations that I want us to keep in our mind and, and, and that we'll be exploring during our time together. What does it mean to abide? Okay, so we'll talk about that. What happens if we do not abide? All right, what happens when we do abide? And what do we do in order to abide? Okay, so let's let's go through those together um, today uh, via our text. And so what does it mean to abide in Jesus or to abide with Jesus? Uh, to abide means to stay where we are, stay right there where you are. And so the Christian has been placed in Christ, right? That is our position. We are in Christ Jesus. And so in our daily walk, we should try, uh, do our best to try to stay in intimate fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so a branch abides in the vine by drawing all of its life and nutrients from the vine. Okay. That's what we are supposed to be trying to do. Okay. And so I'm going to just change my screen view for a second. So for things that will help us to uh, further what to further identify and explore what it means to abide in Jesus. Uh, when we abide in Jesus, we have these shared values, right? We value what Jesus values, right? His values become our own values, and we willfully uh, and willingly abandon every uh, uh, value that is not in agreement with his, okay? And so we, we don't have any problem with with jettisoning our particular goals and plans and values um, because we want to do what brings glory and honor to God the Father uh, through his son, Jesus the Christ, amen? And so let me get rid of that. All right, and so number two, we live on agree, we live with agreed upon principles. Those principles govern our lives and are established by Jesus himself. And again, we adopt them as our own. That means we have to, to get rid of the stuff that, that we you know, want to live by our own principles. No, we're going to live by godly principles as defined by Jesus Christ. All right. And so number three, we have a common mission and goal. Okay. Our goals and our mission should align with Jesus. We don't come to church and to church meetings with our own plans and goals and agendas, right? We want to do what Jesus would want us to do. And what does Jesus want? Jesus was and is all about the kingdom of God. And so our focus uh, should always be on what is it going to take to build up the kingdom of God, right? More than anything, we want to see God's kingdom advance even while we're here on the earth because we ultimately want to see God to be glorified. That is what we want to do as Christian uh, followers of Jesus Christ, amen. And number four, we enjoy intense fellowship. We share life. The Christian life is not a life of, of isolation, right? We, we share life. Just as Jesus shared all of his life with the 12 disciples and others whom they encountered, we continue that tradition today in sharing life with him and each other, okay? We are not to be these closed off reclusive people. I'm not saying that you got to be the life of the party, but we uh, have this this focus on fellowship with one another. And even today when we later share in communion, although it's virtual, uh, that's a part of that tradition of gathering uh, and, and, and fellowshipping together, amen? And so for our next consideration, let's talk about and think about together what happens when we do not abide, 
let us look at the text and see what it says. Now, now we got to remember that this instruction to abide, right? Jesus is compelling. Who is he compelling to abide? He's talking to his disciples, right? And so the warning here that he's giving to them about not abiding, uh, that is for all followers of Jesus Christ in all generations. And so that includes you and I today, God, uh, friends, we have to uh, abide. That's what he's compelling them to do today. Now, verse two, verse two can likely refer to a Christian who is now a backslider. They have become a backslider. This is a person who steps away from the Lord and becomes interested again in the things of the world. Uh, he or she fails to manifest the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's what the, the you know, when they, when we start to fall out of love with Jesus and fall back into love with the, with the, uh, with the world, we fail to bear the fruits of the spirit, right? We, we start looking more like what we are attached to, okay? What we're feeding uh, feeding ourselves uh, with. That's what we start to, to look like and to mirror and to mimic, amen? And now verse six, uh, I'm putting these two together. So I'm moving down a little bit. Verse six refers to, however, the judgment of believers at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, again, let's keep, keep this in focus. Uh, this section of scripture scripture is concerned with true Christians, right? These people truly did come to the faith, right? But uh, uh, we also need to remember that the subject here is not salvation, but it's we're, what we're really talking about today is abiding and bearing fruit versus not abiding and not bearing fruit. But because through their carelessness and prayerlessness, uh, this believer gets out of touch with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, they start, you see them starting to yield again to sin, uh, to their own fleshly desires, and their testimony as a result is weakened, and they are not as effective and in the aspect of bearing fruit. And that's what I'm talking about there is bringing others to Christ. Okay, so that's what we, that's what we ultimately are talking about when we're talking about this bearing fruit. We're talking about disciples who are able to produce and make more disciples right and the only way that we can do that is if we abide in jesus christ right and so the text tells us when we do not abide we are not fruitful we are not fruitful and so if we persist in this attitude and this existence of not abiding guess what it says we are like branches that are cut off from the vine right when we do not abide in jesus christ we cannot do anything, right? The text says we can do nothing, right? We can do nothing. We talked about that last week. How are we going to be engaged in Christian ministry, but then we try to do it without Christ? We don't even want to abide in Christ. We don't want Christ to abide in us. We want to do this on our own power, on our own volition. Well, that's only going to take us so far because any effort made in the area of Christian service is void and meaningless if you take Jesus out of it, amen? You can't, you can't do this uh, without Jesus. This is, this is his church. This is his ministry. This is his gospel that we are uh, teaching and sharing and trying to draw others into. And so eventually when we persist in this, this uh, state of not abiding, the text says we wither and die. Now, spiritually, uh, we don't last long, 
right? If we do not abide, if we decide to, to operate like this, we will not last long because you're not getting the strength. You're not getting the nutrients that you need uh, uh, from abiding with Jesus. Amen. And so if we are cut off, then it says that we will wither and die and we will be burned, right? Consumed and completely destroyed from our spiritual life. We are just just on the, we're just so ineffective, right? Uh, at that point, we can't do anything. We're just, uh, we're just fruitless fruit. Hold on. <clears throat> and since Jesus Christ himself is the true vine, he says, and believers, we are uh, the vine branches. It is not a question of living our life uh, for the vine, right? We're not we're not trying to live our lives for the vine, but we are simply letting the life of the vine flow through the branches. That's what we are trying to do. And I know sometimes we pray, Lord, help me to live my life for you. Help me to live my life for you. Well, I, I, according to this text, it would be better to pray, Lord Jesus, live your life through me, right? Let your life flow through me, in other words. For without Christ, we can do nothing, the text says. We can't do anything, right? And so a vine branch, you know, has one great purpose. As a vine branch, we have one great mission. And guess what that is? According to this text uh, spoken by Jesus Christ, it is to bear fruit. That is our purpose. That is our purpose is to bear fruit because a vine is useless in and of itself for making furniture. You're not going to build a house made of vines. Like I wouldn't want a house made of vines, uh, right? Uh, it is not even good for making firewood, but it is good for bearing fruit, right? A vine is good for bearing fruit as long as it abides in the vine, right? The main vine. And so friends, that's what we have to remember today, that we were created to abide. And so that's why before Jesus even goes to the cross, before his disciples suffer this great loss uh, and go through all of the, the, the pain and the torment that they're individually going to go through, what he tells them is you need to abide with me. You need to abide in me. Because if you do, guess what? You're going to continue to be fruitful. You're going to continue to allow life to flow through you. All right, uh, because it's my life, okay, and nobody could take Jesus' life. He laid it down on his own, right, and 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 and, and he also rose again, and so that same power is still producing fruit through us today if we if we will stay uh, connected to Jesus the Christ, Amen. And so next, the text tells tells us as exactly what happens when we do abide. It's a choice that we have to make. But when we do abide, my friends, the, the text says that we are fruitful, right? And so again, the, 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 what, what the text is talking about uh, in the context today, being fruitful means that we make new believers. Like we can't stop uh, with that mission. That mission never stops. It doesn't matter that the uh, the pandemic is in full effect. It doesn't matter that you've been saved for 50 years, right? It doesn't matter if you just got saved yesterday. It doesn't matter. Our goal, our aim as, as disciples of Christ is to make new believers, right? And so there's so many people in this world today that have never heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ, right? And so you don't have to be coming from a pulpit, right? You know, to, to be able to share 
what God has allowed to be shared with you, right? Just, just stay uh, connected with Jesus Christ and he will help you to say and to be uh, and to share with that person what you need to share, amen? And so that's what we're talking about. And so who are these potential new believers? They are generally people that we come in contact with every day. Right. They are they are our neighbors. They are our friends, our co-workers, classmates, people you meet out and about, you know, walking the dog or whatever. There's there's so many places uh, 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 that we can 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 share the gospel. There's so many hearts that still need those seeds of, of faith planted in them. And so don't ever feel like we've run out uh, of people to, to, to share the gospel with that. That's not the case. I promise you there, there's more people out there uh, and maybe there's some folks that have heard it, but they still, it still hasn't gotten into them. Uh, it still hasn't penetrated their heart. Keep sharing the gospel with them, right? Keep living the gospel message before them. Amen. And, 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 and watch it will yield results. Just keep, don't stop. Don't get tired and doing a good thing for Jesus. All right. And so we make new believers by our influence in their lives, right? We, we influence by example right? They see our lives and they want to know what is it about you? What, what is it that, that, that you have that I don't have, right? Sometimes they not, they're not realizing or knowing that it is a gift from God that, that you, that you have accepted the salvation of Jesus Christ and that you have been engaged in this, in this process of, of, of sanctification and, and that you've been allowing God the Father to prune you, right? And, and, and to allow you to, to live the way that you live and to think the way that you think and operate the way that you operate, right? Even despite terrible circumstances going on around you, you're still able uh, to, to stay connected because you've chosen to abide in that vine and they want to know what is it. And then that's an opportunity right there for you to share the gospel message with them. Amen. And so our words can also have influence on people, right? When we share with them just uh, how it is that, 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 that they can follow Jesus, right? We can invite them to check it out for themselves, right? We, we can also influence them by direct contact, involvement in their lives when they are going through difficult and hard times you can you can walk with them and talk with them the way jesus is walking and talking with his disciples in this passage today right this allows us to show compassion and allow us to be the hands and feet of jesus christ when people are going through their lowest moments right sometimes your presence of ministry can be right there and give you an opening to share the gospel message with them because you've built that relationship and that rapport with them. I often talk about it. There's people that you can reach that, that somebody with a great big pulpit, T Jakes or, or whomever the name you want to throw out there, they will never be able to reach them, but you can, right? You, God has, has, has allowed you to have a certain uh, voice of influence uh, in this person's life that they can hear and receive the message from you. And so that's a way that you can can be a, 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 a great help to God's kingdom because you've abided in Jesus Christ. Now you're out here making new disciples with the influence that God will allow you to have on their lives. OK. The next thing, when we abide, we get pruned, we get pruned. All right. And that might seem like a, 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 a you know, a bad or a hurtful thing, but it is not, my friends. It is not uh, the branch that bears fruit is the Christian 
who is growing more like the Lord Jesus. Uh, and even such vines as these need to be cleaned from insects, from mildew, from fungus, right? So that the Christian, so that, so a Christian must be cleansed from all of the worldly things that try to cling on to us and vice versa, right? There's some things that we try to cling on to. There's some things that try to cling on to us that we know that they are not of Christ. And sometimes God the Father has to come in there and clean us up and prune us uh, uh, so that that stuff can be eradicated and taken off from us before it starts to eat away at us. Amen. And, and so God wants us clean. God wants us, God wants to rid us of anything that hampers our fruitfulness. Amen. Anything that will hamper our fruitfulness, God wants us to be uh, not attached to that thing. Amen. And so what, that's a good question right there to ask. What is it that keeps you from being fruitful in the kingdom and for the kingdom of God? Whatever it is, it is time right now to let it go. Not don't wait. Don't, don't wait and say, well, I'll deal with that in a few weeks or a few months. A few, no, 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 no. We got to deal with that thing right now. When you see that it's growing on the vine and it, and it is a threat to your, your fruitfulness, that is the time right then to deal with it. God prune me right now, please. Amen. And so verse three, it, it tells us that the cleansing agent is the word of God, right? It says that the disciples had originally been cleansed by the word at the time of their conversion. Okay. And so just as the savior had been talking to them, um, the, his word had this purifying effect on their lives. When you spend time talking to Jesus, you spend time in God's word, you will start seeing the cleansing effects that it has on your lives. It can get out, get out all kinds of things that have been placed in your life, some by you, some by other folks. But guess what? The cleansing agent of God has the power to get rid of all of that stuff. Amen. If we would just sit still and allow him to work. Amen. It, it's, got, it's got to agitate. Right. And so it might not feel comfortable, but it's going to get in there and do what it's supposed to do. And so this verse, my friends, is dealing with justification and this process that we said, this process of, of sanctification. Right. It's a process. OK. And so but if you if you stay in there, if you stay attached, guess what? God will get the job done. He will get you clean. He wants to make you clean. When we abide, my friends, the next to text says that we will be more fruitful. If you notice in reading this chapter, there's this progression. There's this progression of fruit production. It starts in verse two with just fruit, right? But then also in verse two, it talks about more fruit. And then by the time we get to verse five and verse eight, it says much fruit. And so we see this progression um, by staying attached to what God has attached you to, to this vine, you see this production of fruit uh, uh, that is going to go from fruit all the way down to much fruit. And that's what we should all want. We should want a, a very fruitful life uh, uh, that, that when we get to the, not for our own glory, right? It's all for the glory and honor of God, but to be able to, to, to show and bear fruit that, 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 that we were able to draw and bring in others uh, uh, for Christ's sake. That's an awesome testimony to have. And so more fruit, brings more joy and contentment and purpose and fulfillment in our lives. Amen. And so that's, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's going to be good fruit too. It ain't going to be no sour fruit on, on the vine that's attached to Jesus. Amen. And so we begin to bear much fruit, the text says, and the more fruitful we become, the more we are able to bear more fruit, right? It's a production. It's a multiplication. This thing continues uh, uh, to grow 
bigger and bigger and bigger, right, man? And the, the kingdom of God is expanding and expanding all the time um, because we have uh, attached ourselves to the true vine and that when we are uh, consciously aware of, of trying to become uh, more fruitful for the kingdom of God. Okay, and so uh, next we're going to talk about it says when we abide, our prayer lives become powerful. Okay, so looking at verse seven, verse seven is an echo of what Jesus said back in chapter 14 about asking for things in his name. Right. The promise of answered prayer is based upon the disciples acting as agents of the will of Jesus Christ. Okay, and so abiding in Christ, though, that's the secret. If you want to have a successful prayer life, you have to abide in Christ. That's the, that's the secret to having a successful prayer life. You're just not out here praying for all kind of random stuff, but you, because the closer you get uh, to the Lord, the more you will learn to think the thoughts that are aligned with his thoughts, right? We will, we will learn how to pray more according uh, to the will of God, right? Because that's the more we get to know God through his word, the more of his will we will, you know, start to understand and we'll be able to pray better according to the will of God. And the more our will agrees with his uh, will, guess what? The more we can be sure of having our prayers answered. It's a divine promise because Jesus said it. Right. If you do this right, if you do this, I'm going to do that. That's a divine promise that that you can guarantee that that is going to come to pass just the way he said. And so the secret is we have to stay connected. We have to stay uh, in the state of abiding in Christ. Amen. Abiding in Christ also allows us to pray with confidence and growing faith as we receive answers amen so when we see god answering prayer and we and we see god doing what god said god would do guess what that that encourages us to pray and to get in give get even more in align with god's will and purpose and we prayer and we pray more according to god's will and that builds our confidence and it builds our faith amen and so we might not always get this right so don't beat yourself up if you if you've gotten this wrong a time or two but as you continue to do it, guess what? We will see growth and we will see success in our prayer life and the Holy Spirit will help us with this. Amen. So don't, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in the coming weeks. Uh, so I don't want to dig into that too much today, but just remember that the Holy Spirit is here to help us and guide us through uh, even our prayer life. Amen. And so abiding is the, vis is the visual and tangible proof that we are Jesus's disciples. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, again, I want you to hear the words of Jesus Christ right here in verse eight. It's, it ends like this. So you will be my disciples. So you will be my disciples. Amen. And so this means that we prove to be the disciples of Jesus when we abide in him. Right. Others can then see that we are the true disciples uh, because we resemble our Lord. Right. The longer we abide with Jesus, the longer we abide in Jesus and he in us. Guess what? The more we start to look like him and operate like him and talk like him and pray like him and care like him and respond like him. Right. People start seeing that. Right. And they respond to that. And so they, they see that and they respond to that, man, because because they, they who, who wouldn't want to be like Jesus when he starts seeing that they, they're not seeing us. They starting to seeing the, the, the Jesus that is in us and they want that, too. 
And so that's another opportunity right there for you to be able to share the gospel message uh, that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what do we do? What do we do in order to abide? Preacher, you've been talking about abiding, needing to abide. You've talked about what happens if we don't abide. But what do we do in order to abide? How do I do that? Well, to answer this question is right there in Jesus' statement. He says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. <clears throat> Again, family, we abide in Jesus Christ by spending time in prayer, <clears throat> by reading and obeying God's word through fellowshipping with his people and with God, right? And being continually conscious, aware of our union with him. Okay, and so that those are some of the best ways you can you can uh, make sure that you are abiding. That's the process. And as we thus maintain constant contact with him, we are conscious of his abiding presence in us and his supplying us with the spiritual strength and resources. Right. The, the more you do it, the more you become aware of just how powerful it is to be attached to Jesus, just how uh how nourishing it is, right? And, and because you see other people going through the same, the same stuff, same set of circumstances, same everything that you went through, and it totally tore them apart, right? But because you abided in Jesus, you came out of that thing stronger than everybody that came through the same exact situation. It wasn't nothing so special about you in and of yourself, other than the fact that you have you decided that I'm not going through this thing alone. I'm going to go through this by abiding in Jesus Christ and he in me. And because of that, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? So I know I'm going to get through this thing. And so you had that confidence even before you went through what you went through. But that's how you got through it. Okay. And, and so that and, and so that's that's and that becomes a part of your testimony that you can share that you can share and bring others in. And so the next time when they get ready to go through, they know what it's going to take to get through it. And so they want to get attached to Jesus because they don't want to go through that thing along again, right? And so my friends, my family, beloved uh, uh, saints of God, listen, the branch, the, the Bible tells us, the branch can only bear fruit as it abides in the vine. So it's a direct, uh, a direct connect, uh, direct correlation, uh, as, as much as you want to bear fruit, you need to be abiding in the vine, okay? And so the only way believers can bear fruit of Christ-like character, right, uh, and principles is by living in touch with Jesus Christ moment to moment, day by day, right, hour by hour, second by second. Like, it's a, it's a choice that we have to make, and it's an ongoing thing, right? It's not, well, I did that in this season of my life, and so I don't have to do that any longer. I don't have to stay connected to Jesus as much. Uh, I did that in my 20s, but now I'm in my 40s. You know, I can kind of do it. No, it doesn't work like that, right? And, and for most of us, that was not the case. We kind of kind of went our own way and, 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 and didn't do a great job of abiding with Christ along the way. And so now we're really trying to, to get connected to God. And maybe you just came to Jesus later in your life. And that's okay. We thank God that you came to Jesus. And now that you are here, 
you want to stay connected to Jesus. Don't, 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 don't disconnect yourself, right? Don't, don't, don't try to cut yourself off the vine. You want to try to be grafted into that vine as, as deeply and tightly as you can and, and, and allow God to prune you and to, to clean you with the word of God uh, so that you can not only uh, be strong for your own self, but so that you can uh, also bear fruit and much fruit. Amen. And so that should be the prayer of every believer, whether you just got on this walk with Jesus, or if you've been on the vine for a long time, either way, you should, your goal and your aim in life should be to try to bear as much fruit as possible, right? And so that's the only way that we can do that. It's a it's a day-by-day -day thing. We, we never stop this. This is an ongoing process, amen? And so to abide, we must also take on the attributes and the commitment of a true disciple. And so I just want to share a few of those with you really quickly. And so uh, if you want to, to, to abide, if you want to be committed and engaged in this process of abiding, guess what? You have to be willing to be a learner, right? You have to be a learner. You, you hear me talk about this all the time. We eagerly learn everything that we can from the master, Jesus Christ. This means that we spend as much time as we can uh, listening to God's voice through God's word and asking questions in prayer, right? We attend church school and Bible study. We get engaged, we buy, we read books and we may get some supplemental to go along with it, but we are engaged in the learning process, right? Because we know that um, that's the only way that we can get better <clears throat> at this Christian walk. None of us, you know, you know, can do this just in and of our own minds, right? And so in order to better learn, uh, we are, uh, 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 to better learn, we work on perfecting our listening skills so that we can better hear God's voice. And so we do that in prayer. We don't just sit there and pray and say a whole bunch of stuff. And, and then we get up and go on about, no, we learn how to listen, pray and sit there and listen to God's voice. God, chances are, has something to say back to you, right? Even in that moment of prayer time. And so uh, so make sure that you get in the habit of not just talking to God, but trying to find how can I listen to God? I don't just read God's word, but I allow God's word to speak to me. OK, and so you do that by just doing it and getting into that more and more. And, and if and if you need help with that, talk to us and we can we can do it together sometimes. Amen. Uh, step two is if you want to be uh, committed to abiding uh, in Jesus Christ, you have to be a follower in a good sense, right? In the follow, when we follow Jesus, we gonna follow Jesus wherever Jesus leads us. Jesus is not gonna lead us uh, down a, a, a dark path. He's not gonna lead us into a place where we are stuck and struggling, right? But we got to listen to Jesus and follow Jesus wherever he leads us. And that means that we are obedient, right? That means that we are obedient to God. And so he leads us primarily again through the same avenues. He leads us through prayer. He leads us through um, the word of God. He leads us through worship and fellowship with one another, right? With other followers of Jesus Christ. These are all of the places and spaces um, that God will lead us, but we have to be willing to follow. Amen. And then lastly, uh, on this section here, we, uh, we need to be an apprentice, right? And so we do the work of the master. Uh, anything that the master uh, tells us to do, we try to do it with increased uh, uh, efficiency and effectiveness, right? We want to get better at it. We're still learning, right? But we're going to we're going to make every effort to get better every time that we do it. And so we you know we some of us maybe we start off we weren't really good at sharing God 
God with other people. We weren't good at witnessing. Sometimes we say, well, I don't like to pray in public or I don't want to read the scripture. I don't want to serve on that committee. I don't want to do this or whatever it is. But, but God keeps presenting that same opportunity to you. God keeps putting that same person, uh, 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 keep putting that same person on your mind to go and, and, and share the word with, right? And so you get better as you do it. Right. That, that, that means that we have to stay engaged in ministry. And, and this is something for every believer. It doesn't matter what your station or position or title is in the church. This is for everybody. Right. And so we, we, we learn uh, 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 about the kingdom by doing kingdom work, whatever that work may be at any given time. It might look different in this season to that season, uh, but God has called you to, to be engaged and to get busy and to do something. And so as an apprentice, uh, we should be actively discovering and exploring our spiritual gifts. Everybody has something. Don't tell me you don't have anything. You may, maybe, maybe you don't even know what it is, but I guarantee you, you have something. All of us have something. And so as an apprentice, that's a great place for us to be trying to, to discover uh, and, and explore and to use and to capitalize on, on our spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God. Amen. And so according to verse number eight, as the children of God exhibit the likeness of Christ to the world, the father in heaven is glorified, right? And people are forced to confess that he must be a great God. Why? Because they see the way God has transformed your life right? You know, we were, we were all wicked sinners at some point in our lives, but now we are godly saints of God because of the transformational power of God uh, that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when God sees, when people see the great changes that have taken place in your lives over the years, that's an opportunity to draw them in uh, to Jesus Christ. They, man, if they could transform, if God could transform that person, man, I know he could help me out because maybe I'm not as bad right right because we got we like to label sins big sin little, you know how you know how we do all right but verse my verse nine reminds us that the love which the savior has for us is the same love that that god the father has for the son and so that should cause our hearts to bow in worship just as god the father loves the son right that's the same love that the Savior has for each and every one of us, right? And so it says that Jesus's love for us is the, of the same quality and degree as the Father's love for him. That is great news today, my friends, because I know some of us have been made to feel by ourselves or others that we are not lovable, but Jesus loves us with the same love that his Father loves us. And so whether nobody else told you today, you are loved right? You are, you are loved and you are lovable. Okay. Okay. Even at your worst, you are lovable by Jesus the Christ. Amen. And so it is a vast, a wide, a deep, unmeasurable love that, that passes all understanding, all knowledge, uh, and it can never be fully comprehended by our humanity. We can never truly understand the way that Jesus loves us. Amen. And the text closes right here. It says, abide in my love, said our Lord. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. That's where we want to live. We want to live and reside uh, in the love of Jesus Christ right? This means that we should continue to realize his love and to enjoy it in every aspect of our lives. And that is what we're going to share with any and everyone whom we encounter. That's what we're going to give. We're going to share 
uh, the love of God because we abide in Jesus Christ and Jesus is love. And so that's what is going to spread out uh, uh, from us. And that's what's going to draw other people in. That's what's going to give them strength and nourishment that they can go forward uh, in their daily walks. Amen. And so family, we got to make sure that we, that you and I, that we abide in Jesus so that we can grow and live a life that truly matters and makes a difference. We're not making a difference. I don't care if you've won Nobel Peace Peace Prize or this, that, and the other. If you're not doing it attached to Jesus, if you're not doing it from a standpoint of abiding in Christ, you haven't done really anything at the end of the day. Amen. And so let us all make a commitment to and grow in that commitment uh, and to empower that commitment, to reaffirm our commitment each and every day to abide in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, let us start with prayer. Let us start with prayer. And so uh, let us just uh, simply pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for teaching and compelling your disciples to abide in you. Because why? All of the power that we need comes from you. Everything that we need, all of the healing comes from you. All of the deliverance, all of the love, all of the strength, all of the power, all of that resides in you. And so God, help us to, to stay committed. Let us make a commitment today. Help us to grow in that commitment tomorrow and each and every day. God, we ask you to empower our, our commitment and to reaffirm it each and every day that you allow us to wake up and have strength in our bodies to get up and move around uh, and, and to be big and bold and brave witnesses for Jesus the Christ, God, because we want to be fruitful, not just for ourselves, God, but we want to be fruitful and we want to be able to grow the kingdom by making new disciples, by us first being true disciples. And so, God, we just thank you uh, for the fact that you've invited us to abide in you and you in us because we know now that we have strengths that will take us from day to day, God, and we know that it will never, ever lose its power. Amen. Because of your blood in Jesus Christ. Amen. That is that is flowing and touching uh, each and every avenue of our lives today. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to empower us for success uh, in this aspect of abiding in you, God. Don't let us be cut off. Don't let our testimonies be weakened and, and thrown into uh, fire and burned up, God. Help us to be effective witnesses, God. Help us to be true witnesses, and we will give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And so as always, you know, we never like to uh, close out our, our time together without, um, you know, having our call to discipleship, without giving someone an opportunity, a chance uh, to respond to God's word. And so that's what we're going to do um, at this time. And so we we hope and pray that, that God's word has uh, penetrated your heart today. And uh, whether you are uh, coming to Christ for your first time, or if you're uh, coming back again, um, maybe someone's listening today, or maybe they're listening or watching to us on, on, on Facebook Live or, or Zoom, and you have yet to get truly connected to the true vine that is Jesus Christ. But you have decided that today is the day that you want to be grafted into Jesus. You want to be included in what's going on uh, through the vine of Jesus. You heard it through the grapevine right here today, and now you want to be uh, included in, in, in what is going on and so that you can, uh, can bear fruit. You know what I'm saying? And so you want to have your, you're ready to have your own personal encounter with the Lord and Jesus Christ. And so you are eager 
uh, uh, to bear fruit for him. Amen. You don't want to just get connected just to be connected, but you want to also, you know, some, you know, some folks that need to be connected with Jesus. And so you want to get connected yourself so that you can be instrumental in bringing them and drawing them into Jesus Christ. And so um, why don't you go ahead and invite him into your heart and into your home, into your life right now. And so right there, wherever you are today, you can pray with us um, at this time. And so I, I hope and pray that you will do that. Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my savior forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. And that is God's word. And if you prayed that prayer with us today, uh, you can rejoice just as the angels in heaven are rejoicing and we are too. The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support and stay blessed.